I'm Christian Bush. And I'm Cindy Watts. Welcome to our podcast, 52. I turned 52 this year, believe it or not, and I am releasing 52 songs to celebrate. This podcast looks at the relationship between my 52 new songs and 52 of my most popular songs from my back catalog with plenty of stories and laughs along the way. Cindy Watts, how are you? I'm anxiously awaiting the dad joke. You're anxiously awaiting the dad joke? I am. Oh, Lord. Pressure. Pressure's on, Christian. Make me laugh. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. (laughs) Somehow I pre-laugh my own dad jokes. (laughs) All right. You're just warming up. Today, I learned if you turn a canoe over, you can wear it as a hat. Because it's capsized. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) All right, then. You know, I, I just watched a documentary about beavers. It's the best damn show I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so today's show um, is really sponsored by happiness. I love it. I, if, if it had to, it'd be like the letter Y for yes. <laughs> and the number one, because you're number one. In Sesame Street language. Um, yeah. So uh, today's pairing is uh, two very, very positive and happy songs. Um, and and as most happy songs, and I talk about this a lot, uh, were, are born out of strife. Right? So you, you invent them, much like um, you color a, a happy picture, not as a reflection of your happy day, but as a wish for the day you, you hope to walk into, right? Um, so the pairing is put a smile on it from 52. And then um, one of the happier Sugarland numbers from Bigger uh, called On a Roll. And I would like to uh, open our discussion with the talk of what are the happiest songs you know? Just like... You Are My Sunshine? Is that a happy song? Sure. It's funny because when I think about happy songs, I don't particularly think about happy songs. I think about songs that make me happy, which aren't. Okay, tell me. Does that make sense? I I didn't think about it that way. You know, because the songs that make me happy are the songs that are tied to the best memories, which aren't necessarily songs about being happy. Really? Yeah. Okay. 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 That makes sense. So, so what, what, what songs are your red balloons you tie to your belt when you're bad and things are going bad? Like early eighties, Alabama. (laughs) Like, uh, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but like my very first memory in life is of listening to Alabama on an eight track when I was about three and my dad was driving me in his wrecker to preschool. So when I'm, having a bad day or I'm looking for a safe space, that's where I go because it takes me back to being three years old, sitting beside my dad right on the vinyl bench seat, you know, um, listening to Alabama on a track. So like mountain music and roll on and all that stuff. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, I think for, I guess for me, if I'm looking for like something to lift me, um, 
There's a couple of Coldplay songs off to that uh, off of that most um, not the most recent record, but uh, the uh, head uh, head full of dreams right, uh, album. Um, I guess I do go back in time a little bit though. Although I'll listen to like obviously songs I didn't like Sam Cooke. There's some Sam Cooke stuff that'll lift me off the ground. Um, I don't know. I, uh, actually, some reggae. I'll mm. go to Bob Marley, but of course, I, I Bob Marley shower hour is a thing for me. Uh, we've talked about this before. <laughs> I, it, it's always just confounded me and, and been curious to me how songs do that. Like they, the, there's a lot of things where, you know, they say songs give you permission, right? And the, the, the easiest way to get in touch with that for me is songs that allow me to cry. Like yeah. things that are so raw or so on top um, that uh, they just allow you to weep. Like during COVID, I, I, I know I, um, I uh, my daughter got in Phoebe Bridgers and she, she was like, listen to the song, dad. And it was a, it, I think it was actually a cover song, but Phoebe's version of it is just um, unbelievable called, uh, you know, that funny feeling. And I heard it. And for the first time I understood my daughter and her struggle at that time, like she was exactly in that moment. And, and that was speaking the language they were speaking. And I wept like a freaking baby in my living room. And I was trying not to show the kids. I was like, ah, the dad's all right. Don't worry about it. But it was just, it was so emotionally moving. And, those kinds of things I understand the other side of the emotional uh, endocrine system <laughs> is uh, joy and levity. And it's a, it's a place that I spend time in mainly because at some point in my long, because I'm now 52 career as a professional uh, recording artist, I've learned that when you write something or record it, there is a very long 10, sometimes 20 year tail on you promoting that song, which means you will play it every day. <laughs> and if you're going to play something every day, kind of works like a mantra. You got to be careful not to pick the saddest song ever That's true. <laughs> without, you know, I'll be on popping antidepressants just to go to work. You know what I mean? Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just, I don't want anything else to be bringing me down than things that already bring me down. Right. Life's hard enough as it is. Can we make the song lighter? So I've spent most of my life committed to um, trying to keep this conversation going of songs that will give you relief. Now, over the years, people have always told me that it's much harder to write a happy song than anything else. Is that true? I think it's harder to write a happy song that isn't cheese ass. Yeah. Like back to your original question, you know, happy songs. There's this uh, contemporary Christian duo who would kill me for saying that, but they are called for King and country. And they have a song called joy. That is one of my most favorite songs of all time. It took them a year to write it. Oh, wow. And multiple trips. Like they flew from Nashville to London multiple times to complete writing that song so they could do it in person. Huh. And it ended up being one of, um, you know, a career changing song for them. Oh, great. But it is, 
it is stunning. And it's also, I think, the only time in my entire career anyone's told me that it took them a year and several plane trips to write a song. <laughs> so, which, you know, supports the idea of how hard it is to not write a cheesy, happy song. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you think about it because most of them come out like nursery rhymes, yeah. right? When you, when, you, when you think about what is the, what is the spring from which you go and seek out the history of the happy song, right? And you get far enough back and they're just literally children's songs is what brings you the most happiness. If you go back up, up the water, up the river to where it begins. If you go up the river and try to find the beginning of the saddest song, you know, it is like a death ballad (laughs) that happened somewhere. Right. Um, so it makes sense that they simplicity is a, a, sometimes it hinders these kinds of things. Right. But there also is a requirement, you know, you gotta, you gotta activate this sort of alchemic DNA in our bodies that are sitting around waiting to be rung like archetypes or something. Um, man, that was really a, I went to college sentence, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> it was people. Sorry they're like, about that. Give, them, give them a moment to Google. <laughs> sorry. I'm right. sorry. I apologize. That's terrible. Never do that. Um, it's too much British crime drama is what I'm watching now. <laughs> uh, so, this song, uh, put a smile on it really was the, um, we had reconvened the same writers as uh, trailer hitch. So it was Tim Owens and my brother, Brandon and Brandon had this idea. He's like, you know, man, when I try to describe, uh, the music that you make Christian as a solo artist, you have, it's like, it's like you're writing a beach song, but it has a smile on it. You're writing a, a love song, but it has a smile on it. He's right. And he's like, you're writing this, you know, even when you write a sad song, it has a smile on it. And I was like, I wonder if we could write that song. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, put a smile on it. And I was like, ah, you know, actually that might be an easy thing to write because it's automatically acknowledging that life is hard. Like you start with that premise of, look, I get it. Things suck. And he, he was wearing this, uh, I don't know where he bought it from. I think it might even be the name of the company, but he was wearing this like, you know, rain slicker, you know, like a, uh, a light jacket that repels water and it has yes. a heart on it right above where the pocket would be in the front. And it says, not everything sucks. Oh, that's awesome. And, and, and he would wear it a lot and I would look at it a lot. So when he came in and started talking about the song, I was like, that's all I could think about was that thing. I'd even taken a picture of his jacket at some point and kept it around. Cause I, I liked the idea, a reminder. Sure. So this song was kind of built as a reminder that not everything sucks, even though it might right now, one of the things you could do is put a smile on it, no matter how bad it is. Um, so that was the, the impetus for this. Okay, from 52 in the Key of Summer, this is Get started. You just keep moving, choosing, proving to the world. 
I mean, come on. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> no, it's I think what's really special about that song, and, and I think it's, you know, honestly, what you do better than everyone is you just innately bake these details into even happy songs that paint such a picture. And I think that's where a lot of happy songs fall down. It's what you were talking about before. They sound like children's songs or nursery rhymes. But when you listen to that song, you know, there you still manage to paint a picture and include the woo woos. Yeah. <laughs> you know, woo woos were an afterthought. But, well, uh, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? It's like you have, you know, the mascara and the lipstick yeah. and, and then the other things too. So, it it still takes people on a journey. Well, I love that. I mean, that's a uh, that that song itself. It's just um, I wanted it to. I don't know what. There's got to be a word for this, but it it's what we use when we have a, a word that's onomatopoetic. So it sounds like what it's doing, like splash. Sounds like splashing, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
I wonder what it is when a song sounds like it's meaning. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, honest. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. I accept. <laughs> I found this while we were listening. It says, uh, one study, uh, suggests that smiling can help us recover faster from stress and reduce our heart rate. In fact, it might even be worth your while to fake a smile and see where it gets you. There's been some evidence that forcing a smile can still bring you a boost in your mood and your happiness level. So, so what it really says is fake it till you make it. Well, I mean, that's pretty much every single, it's called being a human. (laughs) I mean, we're like, I can walk. No, you can't. I'm going to fake it. You fall on your face and then you're like, I can walk suddenly. Same thing. It's called being a recording artist, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but a writer. Yeah. Or a writer. You're like, you just fake it till you make it. It's like, try it out. You're supposed to be experimenting with life, you know, and then something starts to go and you start to get joy out of the fact that you achieved it. Or it's walking or whatever. First time you cook a souffle and it works or whatever, you know, there, there are certain levels of joy, but, um, I, I'm just still obsessed with, uh, and have been for a long time that it's baked somewhere into music, like inside the song, there is something that is hitting your endocrine system, right? It's, well, it's forcing you to feel. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's, well, I know that there are several different doctors who have told me over the years that it is impossible. Like if you're depressed or having a bad day or you're crying or your brain is stuck in a loop over something that's just devastating, that if you can just sing a song out loud, sing a song in your head, listen to your song, it resets your brain because it's Hmm. impossible. If you're singing a song out loud, it's impossible for your brain to say, to stay stuck in that loop because it, because you're singing a song. Hmm. I mean, there's like medical research that backs up what you're saying. Well, then I love this idea. Yeah, it's yeah, it's absolutely true. <laughs> you know, they, they say several things, you know, take a cold shower, sing a song. So huh. I kind of love that. Yeah. Well, I, I also must admit and, and want to point out on this song, if you get a chance, go see the, um, the music video for this song. Oh, it's it, lovely. It's, it is uh, beautifully animated by a, uh, a very um, talented up and coming coming animator um i had discovered this animator because they were animating stuff for um a museum in chicago oh that's cool and i was like "Ooh, what's that that's all hand done that's not south park right you know and uh it was beautiful and when i sent it to her and i said look um i know you probably don't do you know popular music like this but i really think the world needs this right now you know, if, if there's a chance, um, that you're on the fence about this, uh, put into the balance that, uh, we're going to make people we don't even know feel better. Like you're doing greatness for people beyond your own dollar. Right. And she did a great job. And, uh, what's her name? Well, I can't pronounce it all because it's a Chinese name and I, I don't want to insult her, but um, it is listed on the video. You can. Oh, very good. Uh, which is on YouTube. Which is on YouTube. Um, I'm going to uh, pair this song now. Okay. Because uh, this is a another song that I was curious about from its inception. And, it, and um, 
was inspired by the vibe, by the feeling of it. And then we wrote the song around the feeling and it's called on a roll and it's, uh, on a Sugarland record called bigger. And it is, um, it was in the very first sort of reconnection that Jennifer and I had, we wrote still the same, we wrote on a roll and it was, uh, mostly because I was really obsessed with the feel of it. Yeah. Cause we were meeting at a particular place in New York to write that she wanted to write. And from the hotel, it was like six blocks for me and from her house, uh, where she lived, I think she lived in Tribeca or something. Uh, she got on the subway and I had sent it to her the night, uh, right before our second writing appointment. So we had written for part of a day and gone back. I went to the hotel and then I wrote this and sent to her and said, I think I got something. Um, see if you can come up with anything for this between, you know, when you wake up and when you get here, like come in loaded. And, um, we did, we, we wrote it all that day. Uh, there were some parts of it, I think that were, we just couldn't quite figure out, but I loved this idea of someone walking down a street, right? And the world just, sometimes when you feel good, you attract good things was my premise. Mm-hmm. And when you feel bad, you attract bad things. So the counter is what I used to prove the point, which was, you know, like some days you'll, you, you'll be looking, I'll be looking for my keys. I'm like, where are, the, where are my keys? And I'll be digging through the couch and I'll think that maybe I need to look in the kitchen. And I'll turn the corner real fast and I'll hit my foot on something. And then mm-hmm. now I can't find my keys and my foot hurts. Right. And then I'll go and pick up the coffee cup and move it while I'm looking for the keys with my hurt foot and I'll spill the coffee somehow. And it's, it's as if, you know, like you have to stop yourself when that many bad things happen in a, a couple of minutes. You have to be like, Oh, this is me, right? This is not the world punishing me. I'm just coming apart. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I like one bad thing, but gets another bad thing, but gets an, Oh, okay. And it's like the world telling you to slow down sit, think for a minute where your keys might be instead of just rushing around. Right. But it does feel like when one bad thing happens, if you focus all your energy on being that upset, it invites other bad things in. And so my question was, if you have the same level of emotion on something wonderful, does it invite wonderful things in? Well, I think we should conjure that wonderful emotion and go buy a lottery ticket. That's what I think. (laughs) You know, people have tripped the lottery. They have. Well, you know what? How about this? We're going to listen to this song Mm -hmm. and then we're going to come back and we're going to have our lottery wishes. Ooh, I love it. This is one of my favorite games to play, especially when you're driving in a car. I'm going to think about it. But this is, this is a way. And those of you listening right now, you listen to, you know, what would you do if you hit the lotto? Okay, uh, this is uh, Sugarland from the bigger record, the song "On a Roll." Got my hands in my pocket, got a heart like a rocket man. A train couldn't stop it today. I got a smile like the sunshine, eyes closed, keeping 
Your soul, babe. I'm like a Southern Baptist preacher, babe. I got enough of that in me that I can reach you, babe. I'm picking up speed, hit the gas, go fast, cause there's nothing more fun to me. I just laugh at how lucky I am. Kiss the dice, ace of spades. Remember the third grade, you won't fire. Gotta stop, drop, and roll, babe. Watch me go. Can that be my new favorite happy song? Yeah, it can be your new favorite happy song. It even gets you like if you start to get somewhat numb to the groove, then we start like pseudo blondie rapping. You, you do. Yeah, no, that's super fun. Right? That's super and it, fun. Uh, the wish was it hopefully reminds you just to stop taking the world so seriously. Like yeah. it's supposed to be a playful life. Well, and the lyrics are <laughs> so clever, you oh, know, yeah. they unfold like that. That's like a. That's an origami lyric. You can unfold that and, and then read it as a full piece of paper later. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. <laughs> my favorite, uh, I, I think one of my favorite uh, lyrics in it is the stop, drop, and roll. Because mm-hmm. we were talking about, you know, like, what are all the instances in which you did that? And she mentioned that. And I was like, oh, man, you got to put that in there. And she somehow crowbarred it into the, to the rap section. But the, the disco ball one, I like that, you know, it's even if things are going bad and the disco ball falls from the sky, it can still roll, babe. Yeah. <laughs> like, awesome. like even when things go bad, things are okay. <laughs> and, um, I'll tell you something fun. We, we, we got a chance to, um, 
when we were first doing that, I was like, you know what this feels like? This feels like that uh, Daft Punk record. You know, it, it feels like um, everything that that kind of lives in funky, uh, uh, chic. You know, you remember that band? Yes. And uh, and the the guy who's the sort of brainchild of all that uh, is a guy named Now Rogers. And at the time, so this would have been two thousand and seventeen. You know, we were reaching out to him and, and he hadn't quite entered into country much more than maybe Keith Urban or just on the outside of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we thought, boy, wouldn't this be a great now Rogers game, right? And uh, we reached out to him. He said, that's great. You know, you're going to have to give me your publishing on that. And I'd be happy to produce it as long as I'm, I'm a writer on it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I, 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 uh... And then I was like, can anybody in the room play like now Rogers? And the guitar player was like, yeah, man, I got it. And he just <laughs> did it. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Uh, but so I'm giving the shout out to you right now. Now, without you, I don't think it would be as cool, except that you weren't on it with us. So sorry. But um, I, I got to tell you, your inspiration was invaluable. Sadly, it was not a single. So you probably would have been upset with us. But at the same time, you're still cooler than anyone I've ever met in my whole life. And I clammed up last time we were at the Grammys and I didn't talk to you. Um, so, uh, but that was our kind of now Rogers vibe song. And, um, which I have decided to, uh, that I think I, I, I thought about this originally, um, when trailer hitch happened. And cause that was also a very now Rogers inspired track. Um, is that I wanted to ca- start calling these songs of mine roller skate country. Yeah. Right. And, and I know that Casey Musgraves likes to smoke a lot of dope and call it like disco country, which mm-hmm. she can do. That's totally fine. It's just cause she doesn't roller skate. Um, or she wouldn't be invited to my roller skate party without, you know, like talking to me first. Right. But, uh, I call it roller skate country and I'm, I'm going to continue it. It's going to be like a real thing for me. Hopefully one day it will actually have its own, like, Spotify playlist. You know what or I mean? You could just have a Christian and it's gonna be roller like, rink. It's going to be like really smiley people with cowboy hats and, and roller skates. I love it. <laughs> and a disco ball. And a disco ball because, you know, things happening. You could be okay. Things going to be okay. Yeah. I love it. So uh, originally before we started this uh, listening on this song, I said to you, let's play the you won the lotto game. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you won the lotto, what are the things? Because you get to do like things. Right. What would you do with your 100? Now, let's just assume it's a hundred million dollar lotto. I mean, weirdly, that's is that enough money to feel like you got it? Oh, I think so. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Well, so there's some logistics. If you win the lotto, first logistic, you have to play when you're playing this game. Half of it goes to the government. Right. So you only get to keep half. Yes. So... Congratulations, your $100 million is 50. Would you take the payout or would you take this, the annuity? Oh, no, I would take the payout. So you want the whole thing? I want the whole chunk. And the and then I'm going to have a financial manager to invest, to tell me how much I need to live for the rest of my life and invest that. And so I have that so I don't give it away because okay. that's what will happen. It's like, I don't and how, think. And, and so what do you do with the remainder? So my knee jerk was all of the 
you know, struggling artists that I've loved over the years that didn't make it, I'm, I'm going to fund them. You're just going to be the grant. I'm going to fund them. The yes. Cindy Watts. Uh, I've believed in you for X amount of time. Art grant. Here's some money. Here's a lot of money. <laughs> Don't do something stupid. Oh, they're going to do stupid things. Yeah. Well, I, I and, did stupid things. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, not that stupid. Not but. that stupid. And I'm going to build my dad a garage like a because my dad's been a mechanic his entire life and he has these two old cars that you know are sometimes under tarps because we live on a mountainside in east tennessee in a tiny house and uh his garage has a gravel floor and he tries to paint his corvette in his garage with his gravel floor so i'm going to build dad like a you know state-of-the-art garage with a paint bay Ooh. Right. Like it. Does that mean yeah. it has like a lift in it where it like it goes oh. and lifts the car up like it does yes. in my matchbox set? Absolutely. No, it's it's going to have a lift 10, and a paint six. bay, whatever. You probably still have it. All the shit stuff. Huh. Yeah. In dad's garage. All right. What else? Kids going to go to college or are you going to make them work for that one? Oh, no. Of course they're going to go to college. Um, you know, fortunately, I think I've got that covered already. So. Oh, well, look at that. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, no kids are going to go to college. I'm going to buy a new floor for my house, but I don't know that I'm going to buy a new house unless I build one in Sevier County, which would probably happen. Would you go back home? Eventually, you know, yes. But right now, like I said, my dad lives in a two bedroom, one bathroom house. Right. And when I go home. Yeah. We're all in yeah, that everybody's house. Everybody's in the house. So right, only right, right. one person can pee at a time. Although, you know, there are stories that I've heard of people like, oh, we had this lake house and lake house had like two, one bedroom or two bedrooms. And those the fondest memories of our lives are piling into these places for temporary amounts of time. Now, nobody has fond memories of, and we lived there forever. Right. But the, it's the temporary visits. Sometimes small is good, right? It, it is. Um, but again... When you have kids and one of them has to pee and the other one's pooping, you know, you're, you're, you're it's called air traffic control. Your greatest, That's all that is. your greatest <laughs> hope is that the one who has to, pee, has to pee is the boy because it's severe counting. You can go do that outside. Uh. Um, but the, the, I think maybe one of the best days of my nine year old son's life was this last, uh, this last week when we were home, when we were home in Sevierville. And he discovered that my dad's couch pulled out into a bed. Oh, wow. So I, my daughter then got to sleep in the bedroom and uh. my son and I slept on the pullout because it was like camping. It was new. He's nine and I'm not. <laughs> so you know what? Though you're building mom memories. Oh, well, yeah. Which only really start at seven or eight and then they cut off at some point. In their teen, they're like, I don't really remember. Yeah, really? When I was 15, we did that? And they're like, oh, yeah, I get you. I don't know. It's a kid. I, I wish kid kids came with like a uh, an indicator on when their memories start kicking in so that you can forgive yourself for all the bad things you did before that. And then you can be extra attentive during the time in which you can tell the hard drive is recording. Oh, that's a good. Yeah, I and, love that. And then once it's shut down. You know, and you know they're going to be like the second light is frontal cortex so that, you know, 
that they are not adults yet, but you still think that you're treating them like they're, but they they can't. They're still going to make stupid choices. Sorry, I digress. We were about we could use our, We could use the lotto winnings to develop that. If we develop that technology, I swear, yeah. Although with the way the world's going, I'm not sure that anybody's going to accept an implant in their child. Oh, well, no. <laughs> it would need to be like an Apple Watch or something. Yeah. Like an app. Oh, oh, if it's connected to the phone, it'll work. 200%. <laughs> so what would you do? You win the lottery. What would you do? I win the lotto. Um, you know, I think the same thing. I think you pay your debts. Yeah. That's the thing that, you know, people have loaned me money or whatever. I like to live debt free if possible. Um, cause that's a creepy place to be in life. Yeah. And you, you manage it. So many of us manage it so often, you know, um, I, the first thing I do is, so, you know, I have no more parents or anything left. So I would just make sure my brother and I are square with money. Right. So that we can go live our lives out however we feel. Um, so, you know, brother would be first choice. And then, uh, I don't know. You, you, money's a weird thing. It, 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 it makes people do weird stuff. Yeah. So I'd be a little afraid that, uh, I'd want to, just make sure I didn't do weird things with it. You mean like you know give it away I mean? to struggling artists? Well, like that know. kind of weird things? I, no, I don't mean. <laughs> I, I don't, there's a certain, like I, I love to be irresponsible with stuff like that, you know, but there, the, uh, the idea of supporting artists, I think is exactly right. Cause I know a lot about it. Yeah. But you know, I also know a lot about, you know, other things that would be just kind of fun to, to a lot of people say money's freedom. Right. And, and I don't think that's the case. A lot of times it's, it's a jail. It's responsibility, you know? And I would just, if I hit the lotto, the first thing I'd do is just make sure no one ever knew. Yeah. That would be the thing. I, I don't think it would be important for me to tell anybody. So you're going to open a, uh, shell corporation to hide <laughs> uh, your yeah uh, so yeah so i'll, I'll so, have to i have to do something you know what i wouldn't change and and this is a really interesting question would you change your job would you quit your job i have a lot of jobs right now there uh-huh. are some of them i would quit and some of them i would keep <laughs> um i, I would, would keep doing what i'm doing yeah i mean i joke with my kids all the time i'm like your dad's in like junior varsity pre-retirement now Fifty-two, <laughs> you know like eventually i'll make it to the varsity team and then eventually i'll be captain of retirement right and just so they can understand in their heads where i am in the like i don't want to do anything anymore except they look at me like are you crazy dad you're like we're not ever going to get you to not like the bigger question would be if i paid you a hundred million dollars would you never write another song that's what your kids say to you and what did you say? I don't think I would take the money. <laughs> I don't think you could. I don't think you, uh, you can help I mean? yourself. Like, I don't think it's yeah. a choice. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, right. do you mean don't write it in my head or don't write it down on a piece of paper? Yeah. Or can I make it up while I'm in the shower and still take the money? Like, yeah. Like, I, like if you're asking yourself to go against your natural born joy. Right. Well, would you do it? And Mm-mm. I don't know. That's a fun question. 
Well, the, um, the converse for me would be like, if we gave you a hundred million dollars, would you never pick up a stray animal again? You oh, know, really? Which you couldn't, which, which applies to critters and struggling musicians, both, <laughs> you know, like, no, I'm sorry. I like to think I'm a golden retriever. <laughs> Maybe you're, one a little smarter. I, I, I was sorry to say, I have a golden retriever. You're much better behaved. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, this one's been fun. It has. All right. Let's do this again. Yes. Okay. Bye, Cindy. Bye, Christian. And congratulations on winning the lotto. Oh, thank you. You too. Hey, everybody. Christian Bush here. Cindy Watts. And we would like to thank you for joining us for another episode of 52. If you'd like to write us with questions or comments, you can contact us at 52thepodcast at gmail.com. That is the number 52. Or by leaving us a voicemail at 803-900-5252. Also, remember, the best way to help us is to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Please and thank you. You can follow me at Christian Bush on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can follow Cindy at Cindy Watts on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Thank you for listening and please join us next week.